This is the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, created by the team of Becker's Healthcare, a multimedia company devoted to the people who power U.S. healthcare. Four new 15-minute episodes are released daily, containing industry news, analysis, and thought leadership from powerful healthcare decision makers. Support our show by leaving it a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or other platforms you use. It's a chance to tell us what you like about the show and act on your feedback. Thanks for listening. Now here's the episode. This is Riz Hatton with the Becker's Dental, the CSO Podcast. I'm thrilled to be joined today by Maisha Winter-Jordan, President and CEO of CareQuest Institute for Oral Health, and Kaz Raffio, Chief Health Equity Officer of CareQuest Institute for Oral Health. Maisha, Kaz, thank you both so much for being here today. So starting with Maisha, could you introduce yourself and tell us a bit about your background? Sure. Um, so my name is Maisha Winter-Jordan. I'm a physician by training. I'm an internist. Um, and as you stated, I'm the president and CEO of CareQuest Institute for Oral Health. Prior to my taking on this role, I led a community health center located in Roxbury, Massachusetts, serving underserved and marginalized populations. So I come to this work with the lens of um, really being focused on equity, being focused on how we think about healthcare from an integrated holistic framework, and also wanting to make sure that as we talk about health, that we are inclusive of the patient's whole body, which includes oral health, and that we understand the connectedness between oral health and so many chronic diseases that impact both Americans and and globally. Uh, And I'm excited to be able to join this conversation today because I think it's a necessary one that providers and patients need to focus in on, and as well as policymakers, um, as we look to improve healthcare outcomes and also reduce health healthcare costs. Fantastic, thank you, Kaz. Yeah, thank you. Uh, my name is Kaz Rafi. I'm the Chief Health Equity Officer here at CareQuest Institute for Rural Health. Uh, I am a dentist by training, and uh, prior to this role, uh, where I, at, as a Chief Health Equity Officer, where I oversee our philanthropy as well as our health transformation side of the house where we have programmatic initiatives around value-based care, outcome, qualities of care, which are inclusive of that integration piece. But prior to this role, I was with the state of Oregon as a state dental director, and and I love the tie-in to what Maisha just mentioned, and that is the the policy piece and how the medical dental integration uh, can be facilitated and, and, and sort of catapulted uh, when the policies are right. And that's one of the things that I focus on on my past role. Fantastic. Thank you. So my first question is, what is the connection between oral health and overall health? Cass, could you kick us off with that one? Yeah, thank you. Um, Well, they're literally and figuratively connected. I think a lot of us that have been in this clinical space, we've we've seen this firsthand, you know, through seeing our our patients. And and if you're examining someone's mouth there, you know, we, we start literally by a review of their medical history. And, and while this is really an important question that you asked, it really goes to show the challenge we're facing because we get this a lot. So oral health is health. Um, more and more the research and, and the data, a lot of it coming out of CareQuest Institute, our own work through our analytics and data insight work has shown this inextricable connection. Uh, but really this past decade has been, has shed a big light onto the connections and linkage between oral health and overall health through gum disease, tooth decay, 
oral cancer and other health connections that are really um, tie into broader health conditions outside of the mouth. Um, we have evidence that dementia, pregnancy, preterm pregnancy, uh, arthritis, uh, diabetes um, are all connected. And really, an oral health is, is one of the ways that you can measure uh, the overall health of an individual. But, but I, I, I challenge all of us, if you will, to, to think of it as not this other separate piece, if you will, but, but part of an overall physical health evaluation and consideration. Interesting. Thank you. Maisha, do you have any additional thoughts here? Yes. Um, I mean, as a physician and as one who led a community health center that had both a dental clinic as well as primary care clinics, I saw this quite often in terms of the correlation between oral health and chronic diseases. We know that poor oral health has a direct link to heart disease, diabetes, dementia, hypertension, asthma, um, as well as can impact the prenatal state. And, and we find that that also happens, particularly in underserved and marginalized populations, that poor oral health can lead to um, poor morbidity, maternal morbidity and mortality. We also know that dental disease can also threaten a family's financial stability. So when we think about other factors that influence health, we know that uh, poor oral health can also contribute to that. So these socioeconomic factors. So part of what we want to make sure at CareQuest Institute is that we are supporting and incentivizing medical and dental providers to prioritize whole person integrated care. And as Kaz said, for us to be thinking about health holistically, inclusive of oral health, inclusive of behavioral health. And, and I, I, this, for me, um, harkens back to the days when behavioral health was siloed from overall health care and how much further we've come. I see um, many, many parallels between oral health and primary care or overall health um, in that vein as well. Interesting. And Maisha, you just kind of brought this up. Why is oral health so siloed from the rest of healthcare? You know, it's really interesting as I have become more and more um, invested in understanding that very question. It really is historical. The notion of dentistry as a, as a field that's separate from medicine is a historical phenomenon that really started when um, there were practitioners who seemed to be more of a tradesman um, focused on pulling teeth. Um, right now, we know that oral health care has, has developed um, over time to be a, a significant impact and significant correlation to overall health. And so we really want to move past that those, those historical phenomenons that led to it being siloed. And we also know that healthcare in, in general has been somewhat past work, as I mentioned, behavioral health earlier. And it isn't a system that it currently is designed or well-designed to achieve the best outcomes for patients. And we know that integration is something that needs to happen across the board. Um, and it's clear when you consider that 68 million Americans lack dental coverage and Medicare and some Medicaid programs don't provide oral health benefits to seniors or low-income adults. We know that the impact of create, continuing the siloing of the different aspects of one's health care are only harming our patients and only harming Americans, increasing costs, and, and really not improving patient outcomes. Interesting. Kaz, I'd love to hear that too as well. Yeah, Maisha pointed out to probably the, the, the biggest indicator, which is the historical fracture, if you will, in, in the training of, of physicians versus dentists. But 
really the reality is that what history is critical, it shouldn't define how we approach oral health care currently. A again, reemphasizing the policy piece, we know that the, it, it, when it comes to uh, our own health care policy in the U.S., there's a disconnect of mouth between and the body. Uh, so that perpetuates it. Oral health care is also not really seen as something that's essential, as an essential health care service. And this is a fight that we're sort of you know, engaged in when it comes to uh, Medicare, Medicaid adult dental benefits. It's, it's this argument that we constantly have to make. And so it is critical. It is important. There is an economic burden, if you will, on those minoritized and marginalized communities that's disproportionate as compared to those who can, in fact, uh, engage private payers and pr private sources for their insurance benefits and their coverage. So now we have a, a fracturing and separation of education and training. We also have the policy landscape that treats them separately. We have the delivery uh, that are that are done in, in completely different uh, spaces for the most part. Um, and you know, this is a great conversation around talking about the value of medical dental integration. And, and lastly, probably most importantly, again, as I mentioned, is who pays for this and how is that payment um, allocated? Um, and, and so those are all the constraints against this, uh, our efforts wanting to, to create integration between medical and dental. Thank you. And you sort of dived into this um, just now. I'm curious as to, in a perfect world, what does medical dental integration actually look like? Well, to me, at least, it doesn't have to have a, a, a particular look. It's not prescriptive. As, you know, it needs to account for context limitations such as uh, you know, physical space, availability of providers, some of that reimbursement uh, landscape that I talked about. But in its absolute ideal form, we used to call it the magic wand, if you will. It could be, it could be fully co-located, uh, seamlessly, in a, like in a, interconnected on an electronic health record platform that's suitable for dental and medical and behavioral needs. But probably most importantly to me it are clinicians and providers who understand the why for integration, but are also incentivized properly to practice in that sort of setting. So the, 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 the physical layout, if you will, the look of it is critical. Practicing under the same roof creates those efficiencies, but the clinicians and the providers need to understand the why and, and really be engaged and immersed in it. Thank you. Maisha, any thoughts here? Yeah, so I, you know, I, I hearken back to my experience in the community health center, and one of the things that we did actively was in our dental clinic, we ran a list of all of our patients with diabetes because we understood that patients with diabetes have a higher risk of uncontrolled diabetes if they have poor oral health. So these are small things that have a significant impact. And we also knew by getting those patients into care within the dental office, we could also use that opportunity to educate and check in on their diabetes status. Similarly, within our OBGYN clinic, we ran a centering pregnancy program. And within that program, we had pregnant mothers um, make appointments to go to our dental clinic. We also had our dentists come into those prenatal group visits and talk about the importance of oral health care. So it's this holistic approach when we think about integration. We want as patients to understand that all of the providers that treat us, that touch us, understand our body. They understand which medications are being provided by other providers and the interaction between those. 
They want, we want our providers to be speaking with one another about our care and to have us at the center. So for me, when I think about integration, it's holding the patient at the center, understanding that all of their, their, the components of their body interact with one another and that we are providing a patient care plan that empowers the patient in partnership with the patient, but takes into account all aspects of their health. Yeah, that definitely sounds like there's a lot of benefits to the patients there when thinking about medical dental integration and, and the whole body and its connection to oral health. I'm curious, how does medical dental integration benefit the provider as well? Aisha, could we start with you? Sure. So our research from CareQuest Institute for Oral Health indicates that providers actually want more medical integration, that they just don't often have the tools or support that they need to implement it. Um, for example, while only one-third of oral health providers say they currently screen patients for diabetes, more than half would be more willing to screen if they had better tools to identify those at risk for diabetes. CAS can certainly speak to some of the programs that we run nationally that, that focus on integration and focus on training. But I can tell you that providers, um, being one myself, our goal is to make sure that we're providing the best care for our patients. So if we have adequate training, tools, resources, and support, then that's what we will do. And so by elevating the conversation to both the medical provider community as well as the oral health community, our goal at CareQuest Institute is to promote those conversations, that discourse, to understand how do we then continue to advocate for policy that supports providers, and then also how do we engage consumers so that they are asking the same of their providers, that they're asking for integrated and holistic health care um, as they come to understand the importance of oral health and its impact on the body. But Kaz, I'll turn it to you to talk about some of the programs that we're running nationally. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, so one of the things that I'm, one of the programs that that uh, we we happen to to uh, initiate through our health transformation is medical oral expanded care. This is really a breakthrough studies collaborative model. We work within communities. We establish an interprofessional oral health network. Uh, and really, uh, our, our focus is uh, first on making sure that the medical practices have to develop, have the skills uh, and are adopting the processes that are needed to integrate oral health services within their existing workflows. So that's really intentional. The medical practices then work to really implement this, the IT technology solutions, which allows for electronic referral communication to dental practices. So really, we focus our work around strengthening provider communication, which is really, really important in, in the midst of one of our initiatives in Ohio. And then and the number of wins, the quanti quantifiable wins and, and the impact are just really astonishing. Uh, our state-based partners in Ohio have been able to work with local dental providers the, and organized dentistry to create this referral relationship so the patient are actually seeing in primary care practices. And these can actually be scaled. Um, and so they're all rooted around strengthening those provider communications um, that Maisha was talking about. Thank you both. Are there any cost savings to medical dental integration? Uh, Cass, can we begin with you? Yeah, so, so dovetailing from that, that provider communication, I think when systems talk and connect, there is an inherent benefit in terms of savings. There's savings from reduced errors, proper diagnostic imaging, and labs that can be shared instead of duplicated. 
uh, Institutes of Medicine and approximated really the cost of medical errors to be around anywhere between 18 to $30 billion annually. And this is medical denigration can actually be a solution that can have economic impact in a, in a positive manner. Uh, and, and this loss, if you will, the medical errors doesn't even capture the cost of cost implications of misdiagnoses, is oral health cancer screenings that go missed, cost of days missed from work uh, because of dental decay, cost of individuals who did not get the right referral to their primary care providers because we did not have the right setting to have that A1C testing done. So when you do implement these systems in place, these efficiencies, cost savings are not just to the system, but also to the individual as well, who's, who's most, uh, most impacted by, by, um, by the high cost of care. Thank you, that's a really unique way of putting it. Maisha, do you have any hook-ons here? Yes, I would say um, we, we know that the CDC estimates that integrating basic health screening into a dental setting could save the healthcare system up to $100 million every year. Additionally, um, we know that uh, many individuals seek care in the emergency department for dental, um, for dental care because they don't have a dental provider. So we know that up to $520 million um, that of Medicare spend happens because of dental emergency department visits. And so we know just in addition to what Cass has said that there are significant savings that can happen um, once we think more holistically about care and hold the patient at the center. Thank you. Kaz, I'm curious, how does medical dental integration address health equity? I know you talked a lot about that um, earlier as well, but as a whole, um, thinking about health equity, how does medical dental in integration address that? So while not a silver bullet to addressing health inequities, a medical dental integration is an important component and part of the solution. Uh, for one, integrated models of care that are co-located could result in physical health as well as behavioral health issues and concerns being identified through a dental provider or vice versa, followed by a seamless and successful warm handoff to the appropriate providers for the next steps. And this could translate into closing critical care gaps and improving health outcomes that have really long impacted underserved communities. Additionally, um, I think medical dental integration would ease transportation concerns for patients as it would allow for, you know, one-stop provision of care and reduction of the negative impact on patients' employment through missed work. Right away, this would create improved access and remove the potential of having to prioritize healthcare concerns of one part of patient's body over other parts of the patient's body. I also think that medical dental integration can lead to cost savings that were mentioned earlier through early and preventative interventions, um, reduced medical errors and higher patient and provider satisfaction, which are all components of the quintuple aim. Thank you, Maisha, I'd love to hear your thoughts here as well. Yes, I mean, just building upon what Kaz has said, part of what we know will happen with medical dental integration is an increase in access for vulnerable populations. Recent data from CareQuest Institute shows that 
Um, 61% of Black Americans, 58% of Hispanic adults were less likely to visit the dentist in the last year than white adults. We know that gum disease is almost 20% more prevalent among Hispanic adults and Black adults as compared to non-Hispanic white adults. We also know that Black and Hispanic adults are more than twice as likely to report that they had never been to a dentist as compared to white adults. So part of this is an access issue. And when you are tapping into the medical visit to begin to then incorporate and uh, provide access to the dental community, you're helping to provide access for patients who heretofore have been marginalized and have had reduced access. Uh, resulting in the outcomes that I stated. So part of what we're what we're positing is that when we address this issue around integration by creating a more holistic approach to care, you have dental providers, you have primary care providers, keeping the patient at the center, referring to one another, sharing data, which then helps to improve health outcomes, reduce costs, and most importantly, treat the patient holistically. Um, as we all would want um, when we encounter the medical system. Fantastic. Well, Maisha, Kaz, thank you so much for your fascinating insights in this discussion today. I look forward to connecting with you again in the future. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you, thank you very much. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks, to help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there. Mm -hmm.